Hello, welcome to our latest episode of Certified Fresh. I'm your host, Brian Z. I'm excited for this week's show. We have two segments centered around key accounts. First up, returning pod champion, Mike Hildebrandt. Mr. Battlesword himself joins me to talk all about key accounts. We dig into the history of this department at Line Drive. Spoiler, it's actually been there since the beginning. How he joined the team and what key accounts looks like as we evolve into 2021. We'll talk about how the manufacturer lineup has grown and how the key account group is now marketed to new manufacturer clients. Mike also breaks down what their engagement with new and existing clients and customers look like, as well as how his team is constantly looking and achieving growth. And to round us out, we talk about how key accounts is everyone's business and what the department will look like in the next few years. Does he say je ne sais quoi again? Listen to find out. We're also launching a new segment this pod, Better Know a Newbie. I have a great chat with Laura Glenn, our newest member of the Key Account team. Like Eva, Laura is an Illinois transplant enjoying that sweet Florida living. You'll be interested to hear her unique plans for the next chapter in life. And now, enjoy this deep dive into the Key Account team. Sit back, turn up the volume, and stay fresh. All right, joining me today on Certified Fresh, returning champion, the man from the Detroit suburbs, king of key accounts, master of an excellent beard, Mike Hildebrandt. Oh, come on, the beard's trimmed. The beard it's is trimmed up. and looks good. It looks great. Thank <laughs> hey. you for uh, getting on with us today, Mike. Thanks for having me, Z. I appreciate it. So w- wanted to focus uh, and take some time uh, on this episode to talk a little bit more about key accounts. Um, not that it's like mysterious. Maybe it's, not, it's less mysterious than e-commerce, but I think there's still uh, some, <laughs> some lingering, uh, lingering questions and, and um, uh, I guess, uh, curiosity amongst the team on what exactly is key accounts, who makes up the team, what are they doing, what's their role. It's kind of a blend of everything. So uh, I thought this would be a good chance to, to walk through and talk on the evolution of, of Mike and of key accounts and, and the addition of some new team members and what that means going forward. So thank you again for getting on. No, thanks for having me. And obviously, this uh, this topic, although ecom is is very much in a place in my heart, uh, this one specifically for me it holds tried and true as it's been going on year six of uh, the key account program at uh, at Line Drive. Right. Well, let's start. Let's go because you've been at Line Drive a little bit longer than six years. Give us a give us some backstory to Mike at, at Line Drive. Yeah. Um, so, got going on a decade. Wow, um, congrats. And the gray in my beard shows it. <laughs> Um, so no, uh, been here for a year, uh, 10 years, just about, um, started as the territory manager. I don't know if we're supposed to be using that terminology, but the territory manager of the Michigan territory took over for Jason Nida. Um, you know, and then, uh, proceeded to run that into the, and I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> no, it proceeded to run that for about four and a half, five years. Um, that was a fun experience for me. A couple different things, you know, reasons why I really got to learn the business. Um, when you're in the field, it really obviously drives you. And I know the SC's listening in and can, can attest to this helps you learn the business, especially Michigan. Uh, shout out to LJ. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when you, when you look at Michigan, you've got all facets. Um, believe it or not, we're not just auto. 
were across all the boards, all the metrics. You got food processing. You've got farm, you know, cars and everything else. Ph- so. Pharmaceuticals and yep, yep. You got Pfizer. So thank you for your COVID, you know, your COVID <laughs> vaccines coming from Michigan. Um, but you know, it, it really gave me a chance to learn the business, and um, you know, it, it really also gave me the opportunity to understand users and, and their dynamics. So, uh, but the other thing that gave me was a distinct knowledge of independence. Um, Michigan and Minnesota were the two largest states of mix of nationals and independents. It was actually 50-50 for both states. So 50% of the business came from nationals, 50% of the business came from independents. So it was great because I had people like e Industrial, uh, Hubbard Supply, uh, Action Industrial, all the way up and down the, uh, the, Michigan, the, the Michigan spectrum of independents who, who managed their business effectively. So it really gave me a great knowledge to be able to go out and and speak independent ease, independent uh, which ease. is what now the key account now the key account program is uh, consisted of. All right, so you're going to use. That. I just want to make sure we're clear on that. Independent, you mean? Uh, I wouldn't say small, but regionally managed, independently owned, for the most part, uh, distributors. Yeah, and really, you know, where we'd look at it in terms of our team is buying group, uh, a company that has multiple locations, multiple sellers, can play on a on a strategic basis, but you know, isn't Granger. Isn't right. fast enough? Doesn't have the buying power, and uh, they play very well in their markets, and they're very important to the business, you know, the businesses in their markets. But uh, but might need a little bit of help on the on the on the buying power side sure. of things. And there's definitely a, a segment of end users or, or facilities or, or companies that rely on on those distributors. They like doing business with those distributors, whether it's a community sense of pride or just the relationship or. Um, the specific know-how, a lot of times these distributors are knowledgeable in one segment of the market, and that helps them and them drive that business. Yeah, I'm sure each one of us has an, a, a, uh, an opinion about it, but when you look at a company like Maggot, that's a family-owned company. Um, Northern Safety, before they were bought by Worth, was a family-owned company. Um, you know, family-owned companies, you know, it, it really has a place in this business. They have for a lot of years, and Frankly, across the entire spectrum of spend in the industrial market, there is technically more business in the independent or the, you know, the buying group side of, of the business than there is in the nationals. Um, might not be that way for our business, but overall it is. Well, yes. Uh, so, yeah, so you mentioned you, you talked about starting a key account six years ago, and that's when Mike started in its key account role and, and moved to uh, key account director. Um, but in essence, key accounts has always existed at a line drive since the inception. I think of, uh, there's a few storied names of people who have, have managed this uh, group of customers. Yeah, I think um, when you look at it, anyone, anyone before me has managed these group of customers. But, but special you know, consideration would go out to the Jim Callahan's of the world. Right. Um, he really, you know, the blacking companies, the McMaster cars, um, he really set the tone. Uh, John Browson, Tool Crib of the North, um, then became Amazon. Amazon right. uh, and obviously, we know that story and what John did for that. Um, then you look at, uh, you know, you look at Chris Tag, who really took the Michigan territory and, and built it into an independent juggernaut, which I was lucky enough to take over. So I can't get, can't, um, can't, you know, pass up the opportunity to give him that. Shout out. And then all the, you know, all the people you see here today, um, such as Brian himself, in case anybody didn't know it, when I, when we started the key account group, I reported to Mr. Zemania. That's true. So Brian was my boss. So right. I, you know, um, I, I had taken over a lot of those accounts from Jim Callahan and uh, was able to uh, rapidly spin those off to Kristen and Anthony and Mike and others, Matt. 
you know, you got to give Anthony and Kristen and you some credit, though. You guys, uh, you guys held in there, held tight with people like Uline and stuff, and uh, right. and give us the opportunity to uh, kind of step in and 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 take over and, and move into it. But that's really when I think you know when you look at the evolution of our business. Uh, in what 2013, we pull away from staffed lines as a whole, which is the independent bread and butter almost. Right. We focus in on Fastenal Granger, things like that. And then when we take over DuPont and, you know, a little bit later, that really brought us back into that, you know, non-strategic account fold where we had to find a way to focus in on it. Right. Yeah. So that, I want to get that. So we were calling on the, these larger uh, independent customers with our portfolio. We made some strategic shifts and then uh, DuPont came to us and DuPont wanted uh, line drive, but also DuPont needed help with this uh, key account uh, I guess you know, you're independent, you're buying group customers. So that was really a, a, um, a shift and I don't want to say like a supercharge, but it definitely uh, changed the way that, that the, the group was structured and, and the business we were going after. Yeah. I mean, and, and looking at the key account department as a whole, we looked at it and said, Hey, we need to focus in more on these accounts. And I think it was, you know, wise El Santo at the time who said, Hey, I need extra coverage. Um, Chalk Talk call McMaster car. Um, Replenix, uh, IBT. Right. I mean, these are all companies that I think everybody's looking at the screen, going "Who?" <laughs> um, but they were they were very important to Black and Company, Elfco, 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 um, the new Granger, <laughs> Chicago represent Chicago. Um, but uh, these were very important pieces of business that Line Drive looked at and said, "Okay, we are so focused in our strategic messaging." How can we how can we expand it? And then honestly, I give credit to Brian, to Anthony, to Kristen, and to you know the founders and the owners at the time to say, hey, we need to do something a little different. Right. So, and part of it, we we built out the initial team, and there, there was three members really covering east, southeast, and and west. And you know, in the beginning of it, it was a focus on that Dupont, but bringing in and looking at expansion. And uh, one of the things I remember fondly from that time was really understanding and owning the numbers. And you know, yep. a strong JJ play of let's know how much business we have. What's our what's our Dupont business versus what's our you know other manufacturers? What's our target? Where do we want to grow? And um, part of it, knowing the numbers is always it's always great to know your sales numbers, but it's also good to understand where you stand in the mix and, and the contribution. And when you actually looked at it, it was like okay, we've got these three people in key accounts, um, but it's more than that. You know, it's it's a big portion of the business, and it was important to to focus on that. Yeah, I mean, owning the numbers in itself, and if I give, you know, one recommendation to anybody starting or anybody going is owning your numbers, at least understanding your numbers, making sure you ask questions. There's no no wrong way to ask that, and that's exactly what happened in key accounts. Um, we looked at it, and, you know, we were, you know, 87% DuPont, something like that. Right. It was between 85 and 90% DuPont, and as a rep, that's like, uh, oh, my gosh, um, <laughs> we need to figure out what to do here because you can't have that much tied into to one manufacturer, and obviously DuPont's been a phenomenal partner for us and continues right. to be to this day, but um, we needed to find a way to to subset, so, you know, the, the team as it was that time just went went to work, and any but anything we could get representation for, we, we went and got it, and it was basically starting off like a, a little mini rep group to a certain degree. We were taking, uh, at the time, I think we were taking, you know, Apache, anything we could get in Apache, even if it was a couple mats, we'd set somebody up and 
the, the rules that apply today did not apply back then because we just wanted to diversify our offering. We wanted a bundle. Right. So, that, yeah, I was, I was going to ask you, the strategy back then was how do we create the bundle? How do we get deeper within these accounts to be more relevant, right? And anytime you can bring multiple solutions, whether it's at an end user level or at a distributor level, uh, you're helping build that relationship and becoming that, uh, uh, I don't know if you've heard this term before, that trusted partner. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah. And, and that's what I think we're all trying to be at some point. So Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's some fun stories about uh, about getting started in key accounts and taking over some some mid tier guys where they had never even heard of Line Drive, especially in the east and out west, where they were still learning about us and had never heard of us because we had never had those accounts. So I mentioned some of the Midwest accounts there, but people like Mastermans. I mean, heck, first year Mastermans had me dress up in a Dupont suit and they th- they hurled water balloons at me. Um, you <laughs> I, know, I don't uh, know this story. That's Oh, there's pictures. Nobody in this company should see it. Matt Scott's <laughs> the only one who's seen those pictures. So, um, Keith Foudy was in a in a suit too that day too. Yeah. So, um, and then you know things like Stoffer and and you know people up and down the East Coast and uh, you know Guardian and Stellar and Mallory on the West Coast. Who's Line Drive? We had we were forming an identity just as much as they were 20 years ago when they started when the founders started Line Drive. Right. So yeah, so definitely I guess the strategy in the past you think was. Um take what we had, try to expand, try to get line drive known and, and understood about what, what value we can bring to the distributors, both uh, from an inventory or product placement, also in the field as well. I know you and, and Mike and you and Matt and others have, have done a, a pretty uh, focused effort at the end user level as well with these customers strategically, but you know, in, in a way to, to provide that partnership that maybe they hadn't had before. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the things that we we've created over time, and it's just it's a different mentality um, than what a typical a typical manufacturer's rep group does, and it's the value add that we bring to the table. And I mean, obviously, you know, being on the same team for almost six years with with the parlay king himself, Matt Scott, I mean that that speaks for itself. I'm excited and honored just to be saying that to you. But you look at you look at the things that we've we've kind of built in, and you know, you've take you take a independent where. That relationship, you know, we are taught that people buy from who they like and people buy from who they trust. Well, I'll tell you what, in certain settings on the strategic side, I believe the trust piece is more important. Mm-hmm. But on the on our on the key account side, I will tell you, ninety five percent of it is if they don't like you, they're not letting you in. <laughs> That's and fair. so we had to go and we had to we had to go and build relationships. I mean, at one point, I think second or third year, Matt had sixty something accounts and I had like eighty or ninety something accounts. Okay. And we were just trying to drive as much as we could through those in, through those key account type of distributors. And and obviously we've uh, we've become less of the wild wild west over here with the addition of some teammates. But you know it, it's really it, that's how we got started. It was exciting. It's it's still fun. We we enjoy it every day. So yeah, I think as we've grown out, you know, we, we've started to form these relationships. But but also one of the things that has changed is is how we bring in new manufacturers in general and, and some of the impact on key accounts and. Um, I'm going to put words in someone's mouth, but you know, in the past it was, hey, like, thanks for signing up with Line Drive. We're excited to, you know, you can use the power of the field team. We've got these great uh, relationships, these nationals. Oh, and also there's like this key account thing if you need help there. And, you know, we, we have these people sure. that they're, they're doing their thing, but they, they can help out if you, if you would like. And, and we, we definitely have, have changed from that, or at least my perception, we changed that. And, you know, now it, it's certainly seen as like, this is something, you know, if we're going to bring you on, we want to, to represent you fully. And we want to be that, that partner with you across the board. Yeah, this is this is the cool part of, of this call or this chat, Brian, because um, you know, there's been there's been members of the team who have been short time and you know, you were with us for a while and Anthony obviously you and Anthony were huge in getting us started and 
And then we've had team across the way, and, and, and the field teams helped a ton, our leadership's helped a ton. But, but special consideration to Kristen Cry, right? Right. I mean, K3 really stepped up and said, okay, after Croc, after Croc retired, it's like, all right, how do we get key accounts as a focal point for our conversations? And at the beginning, it wasn't. It was, hey, if you want to use us for one or two accounts, that's cool. We'll, we're here. Uh, I think that's how we got MK Morse release, or responsibility at certain places and, and things like that. But when you look at our business now, and I'll use Bosch as the example, um, we're not the, you know, we're not the, the, we're not the wedding guests anymore. We're in the bridal party. Um, I think I used that. Uh, I think I used that analogy when we first talked. But um, you know, we're 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 part of the conversation. We're part of the dialogue. And the most important thing is we're part of the strategic messaging of this business, which is exciting for for me um, to think about where we've gone in those five years. But Kristen, you know, between how we present port- portfolio today versus five years ago is it's entirely different because. We're looking at line drive as the strategic strategy, and even you know, in the last year with with the addition of Carlo and and Kristen more focused in, and JJ more focused in, and our new client team more focused in, key accounts has become a, a nice part of that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it, it makes sense in the in the the message, right? We talk about you know, as I said before, you've got the power of the field team, right? So you're you're getting boots on the ground and and eyes in the factories that you wouldn't have normally had and you know we've got relationships at uh the large national distributors we understand how they work and we can bring that effort but i, I do think from the, the key account side there you've, as you mentioned you've thrown out a ton of names you've got these these independents and these these buying group customers that uh you know want to do business with people they know and they're not probably looking to take big risks and bringing in you know big brand names or they're you know setting up huge programs with unknown people and only to get either burned or not supported or not serviced right they're used to being ignored a little bit as well so i think that's a great message to say like hey you know we understand how they work we've got those relationships and we we also have a track record of working with them to uh help them grow business yeah and i think you know you look at a couple uh specific you know instances where we've We've shown that value. Um, one's kind of cool for us. We were going through the transition period between uh, one of our team leaving and, and replacing the role out west and in the south. And, um, you know, our manufacturers came to us and said, hey, we need help at, D- at D-Now. Um, we didn't even have coverage down there. And they literally said, hey, we need help at D-Now. We believe in the messaging. We believe in the conversation. We believe in the, in the way you guys go to market with your key account business. We're going to hire you. We know you'll figure it out. We know you're going to drive in. And now, you know, saying that, you know, Jenny is. She's figuring it out. She's working through it and, and getting it done. So that's that's great to, to see. The other one is our wholesale messaging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in our six years here, and there's a lot to be proud of. I'm, I, if I looked at the body of work, and I think Matt and I will sit down one day and really, you know, keep a score because um, we're both competitive. Well, build your yeah. highlight reel, man. You got to have that film. Yeah. But, but the wholesale piece for, for us as well, you know, incorporating that piece of it in, wholesale is a large chunk of our key account business. And we had to find a value add to that. Um, I don't think what we were doing at the time was as value added as it needed to be to keep that business. And we still have some stalwarts in our manufacturer bundle who look at wholesale and say, hey, you can't, you can't do that. And that's, that's the fun every day is because I get to drive that. But we've got a more whole, holistic wholesale strategy that i think we've had in a long time and uh you know and that's just that doesn't include the key account, or that just doesn't include the key account team that also includes doug eichner at air gas you know he's he's 
that messaging is just as consistent there as it is here. So right. that's how we, the strategic and key team, can play together in that HQ strategy. Sure. I do want to just, for uh, for those listeners who maybe aren't industry vets or don't spend all day engrossed in this, you know, we talk wholesalers. There's companies out there like ORS, NASCO, or, or other companies. I guess they're only ORS now. but um, R3. R3. There, there's, there's companies that um, they are large in scale and smaller, very small independents, you know, single store or maybe a couple branch locations will buy from them. They won't have access to our manufacturer's program direct, but they go through these, they get some discounts, they get support. There's, there's some marketing elements and stuff like that as well. Um, but it, a big part of our business that, you, you know, we want to make sure we're influencing these wholesalers because in turn they're selling down the chain and, and, and frankly doing our, our jobs for us if we've positioned it right. Yeah. You look, I mean, you look at the wholesale messaging and this will, this number will surprise people. But just companies that companies that ide- identify themselves as either Stafta or ind- industrial distribution, there's over fifteen thousand of those in the United States. Wow. We only have like seven hundred and fifty on the books, and you can sit here and go, "Well, Mike, pick up the pace. What are you doing? You need to get to all fifteen thousand." <laughs> which I know I'm trying. Talk my wife into it, and we'll be good. Um, but the other thing with it is, is when you look at it, is are we playing with the right people? Are we strategically aligning with the people who are making the difference? Because a lot of those guys are anywhere from two to six million dollars. Uh, they're family-owned companies who, frankly, you know, live and die by several end users. We have a much more focused tunnel strategy. Right. So, um, as we, if we've gone through and we've talked about the wholesalers, can you give me a, a couple examples of some big manufacturer wins that you're proud of that that have helped drive your program and, and, and driven your message? Yeah, so I think um, you know one of them is uh, is an account that is out on the West Coast, and that's Guardian Safety. Um, you know, they weren't doing any business with Dupont six years ago when we took over the West, and they eclipsed a million dollars last year. Now, I will admit, COVID had something to do with that, but <laughs> well, you know they were still a they were still a six hundred thousand dollar distributor the year before. So, looking at that piece of business and saying, "Hey, um, you know that that was one that was that was from holistic from the ground up." Um, Got to give Maddie a shout out. I mean, the the work he's done with Wesco is just, I mean, man, the guy is the guy is just pounding away for for Wesco and for Connie and for now for Hasmasters and Annixter and anybody else Wesco wants to buy. Uh, you know, Wesco is if you include their ED business, they're larger in Granger yeah. technically uh, because they just bought Annixter. So when you think about the mass of of Wesco, um, that really um, plays a, a significant part. In, in that in that structure um and then some of the things we've done with northern safety um it, you know for me that's kind of a special consideration point some of the things we've done with global industrial mm. uh when when we were managing global when kind of we talked a little bit about the transition between territory and key accounts and starting that we had one one line at global uh it was worth about three hundred fifty thousand, which is nothing to sneeze at now we have 13 programs and it's a little over five million um, and so pretty when, impressive. It, it's, it, it, it is, but we still have a ton of work to do. And that's the best part about it is it's, it's fun. It's exciting. It's something we can get up and go to work and sneak or sink our teeth into every day. But, you know, when you look at a couple of those big guys, um, you know, and then, and then special consideration to the field team on RS Hughes, right. I mean, the only way we get Hughes to be what it is today is if the field team engages and, um, and Jenny takes over and, you know, I'm, you know, when, when Ryan left, we, we went back and forth on how we manage Hughes and and the field team stepped up in a big way and the RSM stayed up in a big way. So it's a collective effort. I, I think every one of the stories is, is fun and exciting and 
And, you know, we could really get into stories about calling on van converters out on Long Island and <laughs> driving the, the Long Island Thruway and driving up and down 95 and taking the train, which Zamania will never give me enough crap for. I love it. Um, but every single move we've made, some wrong. We pulled levers that didn't work, but all of them have been valuable to the business. And, and that's the fun part about it. Right. Well, yeah, I, I like highlighting those wins because, it, um, one, it's great. Everyone loves the wins. But it's also, um, with all these these uh, pieces you mentioned, we've, we've been able to grow the team. And so um, yep. you, you mentioned Jenny. We also have, have Laura joining. So um, talk about you know bringing them on and how has that changed some of the focus and strategy of, of the group? Well, you heard about e-com already. Uh, so that's what the big change was. But no, you know, it, when you look at the ad- additions of Jenny and Laura, for me, they were they were huge. They were not even sure if I can put it into words, but I can tell you that they're both huge players in the game and they're already getting going. I mean, Laura's in her second month. Uh, Jenny's in her, I think, just about finishing her sixth month. And both of them are already in the business trying to make things work. Uh, Jenny's coming from Greenlee. Uh, Laura spent some time at Granger and Zoll. And so you look at that, they're coming in with some knowledge experience where they can even, Matt and I can even balance things off of them. And it's a nice give and take. Uh, I love the team we have over here right now, Key Accounts, um, because everybody's working towards a common goal of of getting better. Um, You know, it's it's really where... um, it's really where these two have dove in, and, and if they don't know something, they ask, and if they know something and they think that they they their idea is better, we're going to work through it and and accomplish the goal. But uh, you know, Laura coming into the role kind of gives me a little bit of a, uh, a a balancing act between taking on Amazon and uh, and the e-commerce piece, and her starting to take on some of those accounts in the southeast where we just to be candid, we had struggled in the southeast. We had never had a rep down there. Um, but those two have uh, have have stepped up and, and are learning the business rapidly. All right, that's great. Um, you'd mentioned uh, you talked about SCs and, and RSUs and, and alignment. Um, you know, the one thing that we, we don't want to forget. You know, we talk about sort of key accounts being on this island, but key accounts are part of everyone's business. I mean, one, it's it's a fundamental piece to line drive, and, and as far as our just overall revenue and growth, but um, it also you know it, within the territory, um, there's some key business to be driven. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about you know? sort of the focus engagement and, and how the SCs and how you visualize the SCs playing uh, and working with the key accounts uh, in the field and at an user level. Yeah. Um, you know, first off, you know, the, the work that the SCs have done on Wesco and, and RSUs and even Northern Safety has been has been great, and we appreciate the uh, the support. I think we're still getting to learn how to work with each other. It's so easy. Um, and... Easy might not be the best word, but it's easier than key accounts to get in, involved in a Granger or Fastenal. We have institutional memory there. We've got stock availability, things that we might not have at every key account. So we really tried to, to hone in that. Uh, with the accounts that Laura is going to call on on the tail and, and some of the things, we have over 700 accounts, like I mentioned, in key accounts. But we really focus in uh, in a couple different ways. A uh, key account program outside the tail is about 160 then you take it down, and our our eighty twenty is right around fifty six accounts. Mm-hmm. But then our field strategy involves sixteen accounts, and and we've talked to those at length. And and then what we really pushed is three accounts. So when you talk about targeted engagement, I don't know if there's a lot of things we've heard besides Northern Safety, Wesco, and RSUs. Right. But there's other ones that we can get engaged with. You know, don't be scared of Maggot, even though you compete on them against gloves. We can still sell garments. We can still sell. 
um, you know, matting and things like that. Uh, and, and embrace those numbers that are in your in your win rep. You know, a lot of people saw Safeware. Um, you know, Safeware did four million dollars in Dupont last year. A lot of people got an opportunity to to gain some some knowledge on that account simply by by the the pandemic. So, um, you know, where we look at targeted engagement, you know, key accounts might be might be um, uh, let's say confusing, or there might be a lot of levers to pull. Really, we're trying to hone it in for the field team to focus in in the field where they can be beneficially and success, beneficially successful. Right. So it's, the ask isn't um, you know go putz around with these people. This is very from the top down. It's been uh, planned and and strategized onto you know when we, where we deploy these resources that have the most impact. Yeah, and I think that sums up the key account program as a whole. I mean, when you and I were in the territory, we were calling on all these these guys in our territory. There were 50, 60 of them in each segment that you were calling on. They might only do a couple grand, but the manufacturer looked at you and said, okay, what's going on in your territory? Right. This way, we've been really been able to take the manufacturers, make sure they understand where the 80-20 sits just as much as where the field team's 80-20 sits, and, and positively align our business to a strategic message that makes sense for our HQ, field, portfolio, the whole nine yards. Right. No, that's excellent. So uh, we've talked about you know, the, some of the evolution of the portfolio strategy with key accounts. We've talked about the addition of, of Jenny and, and Laura and, and how their roles are, are helping impact uh, the, the strategy of key accounts. Where do you see the key account team in the future? You know, like two years, five years out. What, is, what does that look like? What's, what do you picture in your mind? Yeah, so I mean, for the, for the short term, and I'm going to say one to two years, I think you're going to see a similar a similar feel um you know now that key accounts does include the amazon piece you might see a couple more a couple more people in our econ business but I, I feel really good about the team as a whole here and, and the focus we're putting into our business um I, I think the sky is the limit when you look at you know where we can go from here um i, I think you know getting our field more engaged on the 16 that we talk about mm-hmm. is is a key metric um, shout out to you, Scott Woods, the great and powerful himself. Um, but making sure that our making sure that our field team is working with those sixteen, so that this team can program manage and get stock in and get products on the web as we see you know e-commerce continuing to to evolve in our business at a rapid pace. Um, but but without those things, we won't be successful. Um, but five years from now, I could see another two or three people on this team. Um, but we have to pull the right levers and we've got to continue to be a, a strong part of this business. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing the evolution. It, it, it continues to, um, you know, be this area of growth and focus and, and a way to drive our business, uh, or overdrive our business. So, um, that's great. Now I got to ask everyone, you've been here a decade. Um, the one thing you didn't mention, I'm going to bring up, you, you, you mentioned that you learned a lot of things and you, you gained a lot of, of skills from calling on a territory. You did not mention the fact that you gained a wife out of it too, but, We'll let, we'll let that one. We'll let that one go by. So, so you you all, yes, yes. I, I did gain a wife out of calling on the territory. Uh, in fact, so. yes, you guys, and did. obviously twins who like to kick the crap out of and each twins, other, so. which is probably more a result of the, the gray and the beard than than the role. But putting that disclaimer in there, fair enough. So if, if you want to know that okay. story, certainly reach out to Mike. But uh, besides that, which I'm sure is your most favorite and cherished memory line drive, can you share with us uh, what would be what, what's one of your greatest line drive memories from the past ten years? Well, that's absolutely correct. Being able to meet my wife is, I mean, I wouldn't have my wife without the job. So um, on that point, you're absolutely correct. And seeing as you were at my wedding, I would be remiss if I didn't say that out loud. Um, 
But, you know, my favorite line drive memory, you know, it's one of the things that I look, you know, I looked for in a, in a job coming here, and I'm sure a lot of other people did, and it was the, the culture. Um, and one of those things that you really looked at when, when you look at a culture play was, uh, I think it was our 15th anniversary, wasn't it? It was, uh, it was in Fort Lauderdale at, uh, at a hotel where we did our national meeting. And, um, it, it was really cool to be able to say we were on the roof of a hotel projecting our business off a wall, having all of our manufacturers there. Everybody's spouses were there, not mine at the time. Cause you know, I had slacked with fast and all and I hadn't met her yet, or at least I hadn't. <laughs> you know, married her yet, but, um, you know, being able to say, Hey, we're here. We are, you know, we are part and our manufacturers came out in droves. The bonding report that came from that weekend, I don't know, you know, could never be monetized into money. Um, it meant, it meant more from a, a personal perspective for me to say, Hey, this is the company I work for. These are the type of people just sitting down, having conversations. And, and I look forward to the next time we can all get together. Um, because it does mean something. And although we work on some, uh, somewhat of islands in our areas, uh, it's nice to be able to call people, both SCs and and HQ alike and, and have a meaningful dialogue. But, uh, but absolutely, you know, those type of things and those type of culture moments are really my favorite memories at Line Drive. Yeah, that was an awesome event. I just remember that you're right. They had that wall, I mean, just gigantic. The brands are popped up there. We, um, Kristen talks about it in, in the previous episode about winning a bunch of awards from the manufacturers and, like, you know, they're flashing your name up there, all big in the, the thing. Not my name because I didn't win anything, but um, you know, they're, <laughs> they're putting the, like, real winners up there on the board. I think there's cash prizes. It was great. It was a, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and a great, a great time to be had. And uh, we did miss our 20th anniversary this year. Um, you know, so did a lot of people miss a lot of things this year. But yep. um, hopefully yep. as, as we, uh, everything, quote unquote, returns to normal, we'll have a chance for everyone to get together and uh, have some fun and games and do some bonding. Yeah, and I think that's the, the bottom line is, as you know, this has been great. And Brian, I appreciate you having me on to talk about key accounts. But if I leave it with one message to anyone, um, you know, or if I leave that memory question to, to a message to anyone it's really that don't let you know it go by if you want to talk to somebody if you want to learn about them you know we're all open books for the most part i i think everybody i know here is an open book and and get to know the people around you because um you know i've done it and it's bettered me as a person for it absolutely so uh there you have it we've gotten the download on key accounts thank you mike appreciate it as always brian thanks for the time All right, I'm excited for this new segment on Certified Fresh. All you fresh heads have been asking for some uh, interesting and fun new content. And this episode, we're going to start with a recurring series of Get to Know a Noob. So joining me today is Laura Glenn. Laura, how are you today? Good. Thank you very much for having me on. This is exciting. So as a, as a new hire to Line Drive, we want to get to know more about you, you know, all the very, very critical information. None of this stuff about like your professional capacity, your skills or any of that stuff, like that's all been vetted out. So this is more about like the fun side of lore. So first and foremost, like talk to us about your role and where you live. Okay. Well, I'm on the key accounts team. Um, I really enjoy it a lot because I have a lot of industrial background, safety background. Um, I think it's going to be a ton of fun. Um, and presently, I live in Tampa, Florida. 
which is awesome. You were telling me earlier that it was 90 degrees as I was looking at my watch, and it was 28 degrees in Chicago. So a little bit of jealousy there, but that's all right. Now, um, I know you've, you live in Florida, but you've lived in multiple places. So you know, give, us, give us the rundown of where Laura's been. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I grew up outside of Chicago in Elgin, spent most of my young adult life there, and then I moved to St. Charles for a while, and then Palatine for a little while, Streamwood for a little while in between. Um, but then um, back in 2009, my husband and I decided that we were going to move to Tennessee, and we traded suburbia life for buying a 45-acre farm, and that was really interesting. Um, All right. We did that for about 10 years, and then two years ago, moved to Tampa, and now we're back in suburbia. I was say, like, you ticked off all of the Chicago suburb boxes, and then you told me you moved to a 45-acre farm. That's, yeah. That seems like a lot to manage, and I'm glad you had that experience, and it seems like that was enough. Yeah, and, you know, it was a lot of fun. I miss it a lot. Um, what I don't miss is where we lived, we had internet via satellite. Oh, wow. So, of course, living there pre-COVID, it was pretty cool. I mean, we got to totally decompress on the weekends. We, you know, just hung out at the farm a lot, and, and it was really, you know, really relaxing. But had we still lived there with COVID, I don't think we could have functioned with work because <laughs> our internet was so bad. Yeah, that would have not have been good. No, no choppy Zoom calls. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, you mentioned all your Chicago suburbs living, but there, there's an interesting connection that was found through this. Can you share with the uh, I guess listeners your interesting line drive connection from the Chicago suburbs? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually know quite a few people at line drive True. from past life, but the most interesting one is that um, Amy Struckmeyer had reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, Hey, I saw you grew up in Elgin. I also grew up in Elgin. We got talking. Turns out we grew up not even what would be a block apart. And um, my mom was her bus driver. <laughs> I think that's so that that's so that's so random. It's like, oh yeah, my mom drove Amy Struckmeyer to school. I'm like, of course. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then exactly. I don't say how well, twenty X years later, you now work in the same company in like Absolutely. two very two very distinct different areas. So it's Absolutely. very random world. Now, uh, tell me a little about your family. Now, you you, uh, you, you have a husband and, and kids. How did you meet your husband? <laughs> so um, this back in 2000, um, I was going to school at night. Um, a lot of my classes were online, which was fairly new back then. Um, and um, I also was working full time. So I really didn't have much social life. Um, I got, I started using chat rooms for school and it didn't take me long to realize that it was a source to meet people as well. And so I started chatting with him back in February of 2000 and, um, we actually didn't meet until August of 2000 because I was a big chicken. I'm like, I don't know who's <laughs> behind this screen. And I was a single mom by myself and, you know, really just didn't, uh, uh, want to take that chance. So we finally met in August and then we got married two years later. I love it. You're like the uh, pre-apps. So before yes. Tinder or Bumble or whatever, Hinge or whatever else, you're on there. You're out there in the chat rooms. and Absolutely. It, absolutely. For a long time, it was so taboo too. We were scared. We would, uh, <laughs> I say scared, that's probably not the right word, but people would say, how you meet? And we'd say, oh, we met in a bookstore. And now it's you know pretty mainstream. So I guess we were cutting edge. I think maybe you should like go even further. Like, oh, we were in like a car accident and like we had a fight. We were in a knife fight. <laughs> We're in the middle of like, it's, uh, no, that's awesome. That, that's, that's really cool. Um, what are the kids up to? So um, my kids are my daughter and my stepson, but I also refer to him as my son. Um, they are, gosh, my daughter's going to be 29 in August, and my son's going to be 31 later in April here. So 
it's, they're not babies anymore. They're no. on their own. Um, my daughter is married. Um, she has a six-year-old son, and her husband's in the Air Force, so they're stationed out in Arizona, okay. in Tucson. Um, and my son is an over-the-road truck driver, and he loves it. He's always wanted to travel. He's like, I have you know, no apartment, no car. I live in my truck, and I have friends all over the place. So I'm like, that's, That's awesome. Yeah, in this world, I mean, in, in nowadays with, with the, the online and, and all that stuff that you can absolutely meet, meet people everywhere. So that's very cool. I like, I like the adventure of it. Absolutely. All right, we're going we're gonna to dive into my favorite as a food challenge. So um, first up, Chinese or sushi? Uh, Chinese. Okay. Uh, chicken parm or chicken nuggets? Uh, chicken parm. All right. Not my choice, but all right. Uh, <laughs> McDonald's or Wendy's? Uh, probably Wendy's. All right. Now you're a, a newer, uh, newer Florida resident, but is there a favorite public sub? Um, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear what you said, Brian. Oh, so you, you don't do the, the, I, I, I know the subs at Publix is like everyone's favorites. Oh, I don't. Yeah. I'm not no, even, not right. even a little bit. No, but you got to check it out. That's why I hear it's all the rage. Like they do the whole deli counter and everything. So, um, two months into your role at line drive. What's been like the most exciting thing that's happened so far? You know, with, with COVID, I think the most <laughs> exciting thing was actually meeting Mike in person <laughs> and Jason in person. Um, everything's been virtual. So they're the only two. I, I also met Laura Nardone in person. Other than that, it's been all virtual. So all right. it's probably the highlight right now, but I'm starting to get into my account. So I expect that that's going to get a lot more exciting. Yes. I feel like things are definitely opening back up. So sometimes, sometimes we underestimate just like that human contact and just seeing somebody else besides through like a tiny screen. Absolutely. All right. So you and your husband meet on the internet. I'm sure you guys uh, get into a lot of adventures after your 45 acre farm life. But if you can go anywhere in the world, where do you want to go? So we have a dream to retire on a sailboat. Now, I don't know how realistic that dream is, but I'm thinking, you know, somewhere off the coast of Panama would be great. <laughs> All right. That's good. So full time on the boat, 365 yeah. days. All right. Now, I, yeah, I, maybe a little condo somewhere. To I'm going to add, I mean, do you, either of you have sailing experience? So actually last summer with COVID, we were looking for stuff to do. We're both pretty active people and we were bored out of our mind. Um, so we ended up taking sailing lessons last summer and we got ASA certified and we had, we don't own our own boat yet. Um, we're part of a club where we borrow sailboats and, you know, pay the monthly fee, but, um, it's, it's definitely really an adventure. I like it more than I thought I would. Okay. No, that, that's cool. That's a, that is a, that is a unique thing. So, So your, your answer to where do you want to go is everywhere. Yeah, pretty much. And anywhere warm, <laughs> tropical. <laughs> anywhere tropical that has a boat slip. That's Maybe. right. That's right. All right. Now I have to ask, because you've done a lot of this virtual, like which room of Mike's house is your favorite when he does the Zoom calls? Is it his garage? Is it his backyard? Is it his maybe office, the kitchen, maybe the kids' playroom? <laughs> I, I, I honestly think, I'm thinking back, I think I've only seen... The maybe office, which looks to me like kind of like a living room area with a door behind it and a window behind it. Right. I haven't got to see the garage yet, so I kind of feel like, you know, oh. maybe I'm missing something. You'll, you'll get there. Don't worry. I thought, <laughs> the many shades of Mike. So, um, so uh, wrapping up here, the, we've been in the pandemic. You've been bored. What's the best show you've watched during the pandemic? What's the best show you've binged? Oh, gosh. You know, I, so we don't watch a ton of TV. Okay. Basically, I kind of started at the farm. But 
Um, we did watch C, which I think was on Apple TV. I really like that. We watched Black Sails. I like that one too. And The Last Kingdom. Right. Um, I think we also watched Ozark. So we did watch quite a few different shows, but TV is not our normal go-to. Um, you know, it just it's it's just not the first thing we look to. So. All right. Well, I, uh, I did get some. I got some. I, I'm, I'm interested in C, so I'm going to check that out. But uh, Laura, thank you for joining us this morning. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, Brian. All right. Well, that's our show. Another fresh look into the workings of Line Drive. Thank you all for listening, and thanks to Mike and Laura for joining us. Hopefully, you learned something new about Line Drive and our key account customers. Subscribe on your chosen platform, smash that like button on Teams, and of course, reach out with an idea or topic that you would like to know more about. Certified Fresh is a Line Drive production. Recording comes from our Carmen Studios with a gentle halo over my head. Your host and executive producer is me, Brian Zamania, and our technical producer, both on the pod as well as on our amazing trainings, is Amy Struckmeyer.